to The Fulfilled Accountant, the podcast that teaches you how to actually enjoy your work as an accounting or finance professional and have a life. Learn the tools to live with less stress and feel fulfilled, happy, and valuable while also creating the success you desire in your career. If you're finished playing the game by outdated rules, you're in the right place. I'm your host, former accountant and multi-passionate entrepreneur turned life coach, Sarah Nemechek. Welcome back to the Fulfilled Accountant Podcast, where we talk about everything about your life in accounting and finance, except the actual accounting and finance. Today, I'm bringing you something a little different. I've invited one of my clients, Laura Roeder, onto the podcast to talk about business, entrepreneurship, coaching, and using tools that make your business easier. Laura is a wonderful example of someone who has made business success on her terms, not necessarily following the shoulds and the things that we think we're supposed to do. Laura is an extremely successful entrepreneur and business owner who's been thinking creatively and challenging how things are supposed to be done in business since she started her first business at age 22. Since then, Laura has co-founded the LKR social media course, Meet Edgar, and Marie Forleo's B-School. In 2020, she also co-founded Paperbell, a tool designed to help coaches and consultants streamline various processes within their practice. I think you're going to really enjoy today's conversation as we talk about the mindset of a successful CEO and business owner. I hope Laura's energy and refusal to accept things as they are will inspire you to follow your own path and the way you approach your firm or practice. Welcome, Laura. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Very excited to be here. So I think I already said this, but I am your coach currently. And so I've had Mm -hmm. a lot of really fun insight into how you think, how you approach your business, what you stress about. And it's been really interesting and I really enjoy that process. But I want to hear, and I think it would be interesting for other people to hear about it from your perspective. Like, why do you seek out coaching? Especially because you're serving the coaching industry. So it's really fun to hear a CEO perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, I I am a big defender of coaching, proponent of coaching. You know, I have a software business. So in the tech world, there's definitely a lot of people that are still a little bit skeptical of coaching. You know, they're like, eh, is that really a waste of time? What is that really? And to me, it is interesting too comparing like our work together one-on-one with other sorts of like group programs or mastermind programs that I've done because, uh, you know, we don't do the type of business coaching where like, you give me business advice. You know, we usually call it more sort of mindset coaching where it's more true coaching where you're helping me figure out, you know, what I'm thinking and and what I want to be thinking. And I can understand how a lot of people would look at that compared to like a forum where you get business advice, which I've also done that type of like business coaching as well. And they might think, oh, you know, I think a lot of us have this fantasy of like, I just want someone to tell me what to do for, for my business. I don't want to waste time like reflecting, you know, I just want like a business coach who tells me what to do. And it's been kind of actually amazing seeing the progress I've made from one-on-one mindset coaching has been so far above and beyond any kind of like formal business advice, business group that I've been in. And I think it's just the pace of sort of having to confront yourself every week And I remember when we started working together, you suggested that it be weekly. And I was kind of like, I don't know, a week, you know, it seems like too frequent, but I've actually found the pace has been really valuable because it does feel frequent and it does feel like a fast pace, but I find that I solve problems and work through things really quickly because I'm avoiding the embarrassment of talking to you about the same thing. (laughs) next week. And, you know, we do often talk about themes that like go over larger periods of times, but I'm just like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to come to her 
in a week with like the exact same problem, rehashing the exact same thing. So I have found that just like having that time set aside to dig into what am I scared of? What am I feeling weird about? What am I avoiding? Like having space to have to look at that every week has, I've just made so much forward progress directly from that. And I think that really supports like you don't follow rules. You do business on mm. your terms. And we've talked a lot about like, what does that actually look like? How do you get there? Mm. And I think so much of that comes from, yeah, there's lots of great business advice out there, but maybe it doesn't make sense for you. And mm. the way that we can approach it is you have these ideas. I poke holes in them. I don't know the answers for your business specifically. And mm. I always think that's so much fun that we can do that. And I think that's partly why you are doing so many amazing things all the time is because you've really honed your brain into well, what does it mean for me? What's in my way? Because I know so many people, myself included, who have been in those masterminds as well, mm-hmm. getting those specific things. And the thing that gets in your way is someone can tell you all day, here's exactly how you do it. Here's what to do. But your brain is still part of the thing. And yeah, it's <laughs> always a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's like best practices for business and there's certainly things that we all learn that that help a, a business go easier. But I definitely believe that there's not one blueprint because if there were, we would all just do it and and it would be easy, you know, because businesses are kind of a collection of human relationships at the end of the day, right? The people that we work with as far as in our business, our clients, like whatever product or service we're providing. And yeah, those those are always going to look unique. And, you know, I'm definitely someone who is an entrepreneur who is in it for the freedom, which I think a lot of business owners are. I think a lot of people desire to work for themselves because they do want to be able to craft what their day looks like, what their time looks like, you know, how they're spending their days. So to me, I'm kind of like, well, what's if I'm in it for the freedom, what's the point of doing it? If I'm not enjoying it, if I'm not spending my time the way that I want to. So yeah, it is really important to me to keep working on how I can run a business in a way that gets me the results that I want. But also it's really important to me that I like my day-to-day life, that just my kind of normal day in the business is something that I really enjoy. And that's something I think so many business owners do miss is you think, oh, I'm going to quit a job and go start this business. But then you think it's either got to be like all or nothing, like it's all business success and no life, or it's all life Mm -hmm. success and crappy business. But really, like you are such a great example of having both of those. You have built a fully remote team more than Mm -hmm. once. And I know Mm -hmm. it's been a bit of a journey mindset wise. Tell us how you've made that work so well in your current company, Paperbell. Yeah. So I had a different software business before this called Meet Edgar that I sold. And that also had a remote team, but the way I ran the team was quite different. So it was a much more traditional remote team. The way I ran it was much more similar to an in-person team where everyone had normal working hours. We were all working live together on Slack. We had a lot of typical video calls and meetings and meeting rhythm and all that. And the way that I'm running my company now, it's all freelancers. It's all asynchronous. There's actually no meetings at all, which I <laughs> which I love. And really for me, it was kind of an experiment in taking some of the things that I didn't love about how I ran the last business. I mean, just the um, one-on-ones. I started feeling like, I think a lot of people have this happen. You start the business as kind of the expert, and then maybe you move into more of a manager role. And 
it's just team meetings and one-on-ones kind of filling up your week all week, which is how it was for me. And I found that I didn't really enjoy it. So I'm like, okay, what if I just, what if I just didn't do any one-on-ones, which is what I do now, which I thought was a, a sacrilege before. I just thought you had to do it. But then when I started really getting down to first principles of like, okay, how exactly does that grow the business? What exactly does it do for me? What exactly does it do for them? I'm kind of like, I think we could just not do it and see and see what happens. So yeah, I found that I want to keep myself very open-minded about what do you really need in a business to see results? Because I think there's a lot of things that we do just because that's the way other people do them. That's the way they've been done. But then if you're like, okay, and and what outcome does that have in the business? It gets like a little bit fuzzy where we're like, I don't know, but everyone says everything will fall apart if, if you don't do it. So I've just tried to keep my mindset like, okay, what what is the business result of, you know, and sometimes it's indirect and sometimes it's long-term, but like, what is the business result of this activity? And yeah, if I don't like to do this activity, is there another activity that we can put in to get the same result? If we eliminate the activity altogether, how does that look? Just really kind of going back to first principles and playing around with everything. I remember working through that with you. You were, I don't know if worried, but like you said, like the normal way is people mm. expect to have conversations with you yeah. and that's what they're expecting. And I will be, how would I find someone that would want to work with me in that yeah. way? And I think that comes for so many business owners. Like they think I have to be here to hold someone's hand. I have to be mm. here. Like I, I need to be needed. And that's part of that role. And you just said, I'm just going to try not doing it. And I know it wasn't comfortable at first, but you're like, oh, it actually worked, which is so fun that like, oh, just actually deciding that that's possible and going for it. And and that's such a great example of like where mindset coaching comes in to the picture, because in retrospect, it always feels easy. Like, oh, I I just did it. But actually, we do have a lot of like, that's something that I definitely had thoughts of like, I'm not allowed to do it that way. Nobody else does it that way. No one's going to want a job like that. I had all these thoughts about it. And it's very easy to just let those thoughts carry you along and not question them, you know, and spend years going, oh, I have this fantasy of not doing one-on-ones, but I've never considered actually trying it. And that's what I mean about having just that space set aside regularly for you to be like, okay, here's a weird topic. I actually kind of hate one-on-one. So maybe like, I wonder if there's any world where we can do anything about that. And then, yeah, it leads it leads to actually trying it and the result. And I think with the, we met weekly kind of thing, like that was one of those, we talked about it one week and I swear, like I went for a walk later that afternoon. You're like, I already found somebody. Like you had a job description, you'd actually gone down that yeah. path. And it was really fast once you made the mindset switch mm. of, okay, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. I can always recover if it doesn't work, but it actually worked beautifully. Yeah, it has worked. (laughs) So, and building from it working beautifully, you actually took like six months off this year and completely went, tell us what you did because one, that's really cool. And then tell us a little bit about how that actually happened and the results. Yeah, yeah. So uh, earlier this year, I spent six months uh, traveling full time with my family. So my family is me and my husband and our two kids who were eight and four at the time. And we've always loved to travel and travel with our kids, but we had never done that kind of full time, long term travel before, but we really wanted to. And some things with like our house, the stars kind of aligned to say, okay, this seems to be the time when you can go. And I wasn't really sure exactly what would happen with work. I knew I needed to be mostly off work because 
we didn't bring a nanny with us and anyone listening who has kids knows that you have to do something with them all day. Um, and that's not, you know, I didn't want to go traveling with my kids for six months so I could be on a laptop while they watched TV for eight hours a day. That was really the trip I was going for. So yeah, you know, I did, I ended up being pretty much entirely off work. I did a kind of check-in every week, making sure I wasn't blocking anything up, but I had set up systems and people in advance to handle the parts of the business that needed to be handled. You know, we have emails that come in every day. We have a great customer service team who answers the emails. People largely find us through our blog and content marketing. And we had someone making sure that that machine was was still running. And yeah, I allowed myself to live that dream that I had of, of traveling for six months and, and take that time off. So I'm going to guess that people listening are like, no way. Like, (laughs) did you you like have your phone on you all day? Were you checking emails? Like you literally did unplug other than your specific hours each week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I, like I said, I, it wouldn't be accurate to say I was totally off for six months, but yeah, a lot of days I didn't see anything or I actually never keep any uh, work stuff on my phone. I still, I just, I never have my work email on my phone or any like work apps or anything. So yeah, every few days I would like open my laptop, see if there's anything I needed to respond to, which there usually wasn't like close it down again. (laughs) That is so awesome. And I think that's, that is a a total mindset shift for pretty much everyone because we think the business needs us. If we don't, if the business mm-hmm. doesn't need me, what is my purpose? But I think you've really found your way to no. the business is more powerful if it doesn't need me constantly tending it. And I'm guessing that's something that you've kind of learned through all of your different businesses that this isn't a new thing, but tell us more about Ab- absolutely. that Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like playing around with different metaphors for the business and my relationship to it. And I think it is a big breakthrough once you figure out that you are not your business, you know, and that happens in different stages. Like if you are a solo service provider, if you're you know, a coach or some sort of service provider who your whole business is providing that service, it's like, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty connected to the business. Although the business still is not you. And that's why I actually hate phrases like in the coaching world, people often say, charge your worth, you know, and it's like, no, we all we all have the same worth as humans. And then we're providing a service and those services have different amounts that are reasonable to charge for them. But that's not your worth, right? That's the market value of of the service that you're providing. So even that kind of separation, even if you're a solo service provider, I still think it's very valuable to understand that separation between you and the, the business you're providing, you know, but sometimes one that I really like lately is thinking of my business as, as a garden, you know, so gardens grow without you. You are not the, uh, the mana, the life force that is making the garden happen, but you can do things that help the garden, right? You can plant seeds, you can weed, you can cut, you can water, but at the end of the day, you are not the one making it happen. You are also not the one making it die. <laughs> Sometimes other things, you know, come in and make it die. So yeah, I it is very important to me to separate myself from my business. And, you know, I think I referenced selling my last business. That's something else that's been important to me is is creating entities that do have value without me, right? That's just if you can sell your business, then you know that you've created something where someone else can come in and and buy it 
And it's valuable to them because you've created something that is that machine of value creation without you. And I think that's a a really important thing. Not necessarily like all businesses should be designed to be sold, but if you can think of it as mm-hmm. all businesses have some exit at some point, like maybe mm-hmm. you work there till you die, totally fine. But there's an exit at the end yeah. and there's a business left behind. But mm-hmm. more likely there's a plan that you want to have either like you scale it and you sell it, or you scale it and it takes care of you, you scale it, you hire people. All those do require you to pull yourself out of it. So I love that you just are always thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, mm-hmm. as a joke, like you can totally overtend a garden too. <laughs> like, yeah. Your you hands can. are in that garden too often. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you can, you can create problems in it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think a lot of business owners do that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I know we've talked about, you know, what you're doing in your current business, but tell us a little bit about what your current business is. Yes. So Paperbell is a software tool for coaches to run the back office of your coaching business. So your payments, your scheduling, contract signing, uh, keep client notes, you know, deliver content and other files to clients. So it's basically designed for coaches who don't want to deal with a bunch of different tools, who really don't like spending their time figuring out tech stuff, who don't like to spend their time being their own VA. You know, the idea is that you can use Paperbell and you can really spend your time coaching instead of dealing with all of the administrative junk in your business. Love it. And anybody, no matter what industry you're in, if you're a coach, obviously go check out Paperbell. But if you're in any other industry, do seek out these types of tools. These are the things that make it easier for you to get out of your business and do the big things like Laura does, thinking big, planning things, creating the system instead of you having to be there doing all these little minuscule things all day, every day. I think actually that's such an important point. And I think sometimes it gets underestimated how important that is, like invoicing and payments, you know? And yeah, at Paperbell, there's lots of tools like Paperbell for different industries. It kills me how many businesses just spend a huge chunk of their time issuing invoices, manually seeing, oh, has the invoice been paid? And then you contact the client and then you contact them again. And then they say, oh, I sent the payment, but it hasn't landed. And then you have to check in three days to see if it landed already. Like, it sounds like not that much, but it, it takes up a huge amount of mental bandwidth. And these are the things that you kind of you kind of tell yourself, oh, it's just easier if I just do it myself or like, I don't want to have to learn that tool or I don't want to have to learn that system. But it's like the one-time cost of setting up the tool, setting up the system. It not only frees up your time, but I do find that it's very much like a mental bandwidth thing just to like... Otherwise, you're constantly in the back of your head, like who's paid, who's due, who's who's overdue. It's just like this little circuit in your brain that you could just not have that on all the time, right? You could be like dealing with more interesting problems in your business. Or yeah, that could, you could get rid of that one as the thing that's tying you to your business and making it so you can't take off for six months. Yeah. Business owners are basically dealing with overwhelm to some degree all the time. And if there's anything that you're being overwhelmed by that can be automated or taken care of with a piece of software, that's where you want to start for sure. Don't keep fighting that battle. And if you really want to grow a business, you do not want to be wondering, like if you have a handful of clients and you can't keep track of that and you're feeling overwhelmed by that, you do not have the capacity to grow to where you think you want to grow. You need to fix some of these small things first. I know we're preaching to the choir here, but (laughs) it's always so important to say this, I feel like, because 
like I work with so many different people who it's like, we know these things, but we do yes. the same crap to ourselves anyway. Right. So it's like, it doesn't hurt to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I know everyone has some area, like the area where you're like, oh, I'm glad Laura and Sarah can't see my business right now. Like even if they're totally on top of some things and telling everyone else to do this, like we all have things that we are weird about or, you know, no, we should have someone else doing or have a system for. And I think, you know, that idea that no one else can do it like I can, or it's going to take too long to explain it or set it up. I mean, something that helps me if I find myself stuck there is like that there are a lot of things that they don't have to do it as well as me, quote unquote, right? Because if they're actually getting it done... (laughs) And I'm not like that, that's that's much better. You know, if we have like the certain way that let's say like we like our invoices to look, you know, it's like, oh, I like to have them arranged just like this. And I know it's silly, but I had someone else do it. And they didn't they didn't do it that way. It's like, yeah, even if they don't do it as well as you or even if it if you're like, it just takes me five minutes, it takes them an hour. Still, they should still like even if it takes them a lot longer than you, even if they don't do it the same way, even if they don't do it as well. Even if, or it's like, oh, it'll take too long to explain. Well, if you don't explain it, you're going to have to do it every time, right? Like, even if you had to explain it the first 20 times that you did it, well, then you don't have to do it the next 100 times after that, right? Like, I think we often get overruled by the short-term thinking of, oh, it feels overwhelming or it feels hard. But yeah, anything that you can do. I mean, this is something that I definitely learned early on in my businesses. If I can do it, other humans out there can do it. And this idea that I'm the only one, I'm like, really? Because there's a lot of people on this planet. Like, you think you're the only one that can set up your invoices that way? Like, I don't I don't think that's right. And you've just outlined exactly the process for creating systems and processes and removing mm-hmm. yourself from the business. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we've just come full circle here. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. It was really great to have this conversation with you. And to everyone listening, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you'll take time this week to think outside of the accepted industry norms for your own firm. Challenge what you think you know. Look at things that feel heavy or annoying to you and see what you can do differently, just like we talked about here today. Because I truly believe your long-term success lies in doing things the way that you want and not the way that you think you're supposed to do them based on last year or the decades of outdated approaches that you've been following. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemachek.com. Music